You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation, the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. Before we go any further, I want to let you know that we are going to have a Friday show. I said it earlier in the week. I wasn't sure. Um, I recorded a crossover pod. With John Ledyard, I I, uh, I pimped his show earlier in the week, and so we, um, you know, I talked and gave him the his audience the Packers perspective, and then he's going to give you guys the Steelers perspective, and so we're going to run that on Friday. Um, just makes things easier that way, and and it'll give you something to look forward to um, after the after the turkey has worn off, after the tryptophan has made you exceedingly drowsy. The next day, hopefully, you don't have a turkey hangover or just a regular hangover, frankly. So that'll give you something to look forward to, even if you don't look forward to this game on Sunday. And who can blame you? Packers are two touchdown underdogs at Pittsburgh. It's going to be in prime time. So the whole world is going to be able to see all of the good and and most likely all of the bad for Green Bay. We have Jermichael Finley today. Really excited to bring you that interview um, he's a very he's a very candid player on Twitter. He has always been candid in his interactions with the media, and in fact, we we discuss a little bit why he is so candid and why he feels it's important. He he makes the case basically that he is he is not the guy that he is portrayed to be by many fans. He was not a diva. He was not a a me first guy. He was honest with the media, but in meeting rooms and on the field and behind closed doors. He was a model teammate. That is the case that he's going to make. As a free person, you will have the opportunity to, to decide and adjudicate the facts for yourself. That is your right as a human person. So that conversation is coming up in a little bit. We're still waiting on some injury news. Um, we, we don't have official word on Clay Matthews and his groin issue, but, but Dom Capers did suggest that Vince Beagle probably has to be ready for a little bit more work this week. If Ahmad Brooks, who played well against Baltimore, can come um, and play, then then they have a solid rotation because Kyler Fackrell played really well against Baltimore. He did some really nice things, and, and maybe it just was going to take him some time to get his act together. That's certainly possible. We don't know what the situation is. Before we get to to Jermichael, I want to I want to rehash a little bit something that I wrote for SB Nation, and you can check it out at AcmePackingCompany.com. Green Bay has been really bad on third and two, and third and, and third and one, in especially in passing situations. And I think there's a pretty simple solution, but just to give you an idea of the problem, on third and two or less so far this year, he's two of eight for nine yards. With two picks and a sack. It's bad. It's bad. And the number one reason to me is Green Bay has not given him an opportunity to succeed. His best attribute is his feet. He is an elite athlete at quarterback. And he ran a lot of zone read in college. He ran a lot of option in college. He ran 
full stop a lot in college. And Green Bay is not putting him in a a position to do that. He's taken off a couple times and made plays with his feet. As I point out in the article and and give some examples of third and short situations there, I give two third and three examples where he gets to the top of his drop, he can't find anyone, and he takes off. And he picks up a first down. So why not build that in? Why not call some quarterback draws out of empty? Teams are going to play man coverage on third and short. They're not going to blitz on third and short. So if your first option isn't open, take off. Most college quarterbacks that are that have running ability, that's basically how they're taught. If it's not there, take off. But Brent Hundley spent his final year at UCLA trying to prove he could be a pass-first quarterback. And so it's in his brain. Keep the play alive. Keep the play alive. Keep your eyes downfield. The problem is he's been indecisive with the ball, and it happened again against Baltimore. Made some bad decisions, made some no decisions, and took some sacks. Now, Pittsburgh's pass rush has been very good. They're a top five pass rush, number three in adjusted sack rate. They get sacks on 8% of dropbacks. So, Green Bay's offense has to be balanced. They have to run the ball. It has to be much closer to the offense that we saw against Chicago, where they're going to run it 37 times and throw it 22, 25 times. That has to be the game plan. That has to be the formula for this team because Brett Hundley just he can't drop back and throw it 30 times. You shouldn't want him to. He should be running the ball five times a game, at least. You should be running zone read with him 10 times a game. He doesn't have to keep it every time. That's why it's a zone read. Give him opportunities to succeed. That has to be Mike McCarthy's number one priority. It can't just be, well, we need him to do, to run our offense. No, you need to have an offense that fits Brett Hundley. And if that means tweaking it, if that means calling different kinds of plays, here's the thing. I was telling, I was telling my editor at SB Nation the other day, I could put together a cut-up, an article with just cut-ups of great play calls and play designs that they've used during Brett Hundley's tenure as the starter. But they don't call them. They call them once a game. I mean, two, what look like two zone reads in four starts to me, called, called runs. Two called runs, maybe three. That's not enough. Not enough, not enough RPOs. Not enough, I mean, the called runs to me is is startling, but they just haven't, they haven't taken the plays that are there. I diagrammed this incredible play that they ran against New Orleans, and they never called it again. I don't understand why. They ran a great screen to Randall Cobb on third and 20 with Cobb in the backfield, a little, basically a running back screen, but with Randall Cobb. So why not run that on first and 10? And I think the problem is Mike McCarthy has a play sheet that has down and distances and plays for those down and distances. And this is a traditional thing, but I think he's very rigid in in what those calls are and putting those together. And if he doesn't get to a play, it's just not there. And so they're not running an offense for Brett Hundley. They're just calling plays. This is an offense. This is a distinction Mike Lombardi likes to make. Are you are you running off are you are you calling an offense or are you calling plays? Because offenses have plays that set up one another. If you're gonna run inside and outside zone, you should run the zone read if you have a quarterback who can run. And if you're going to play empty a bunch of times, maybe on third and two you run empty, run everyone down the field, and you have your quarterback take off. 
This is not rocket science. It should not be rocket science. Give Brett Hundley a chance to succeed. Now, it's probably not going to matter this week because Pittsburgh's really good and Green Bay's not. I think it's going to be closer than the spread. I, I think Green Bay can cover in this game because I just think their defense, it seems weird, but Pittsburgh's offense has not been the explosive unit that they probably should be. I think the defense can play decently well. They've been good the last few weeks outside of the the debacle in with Detroit. And and really that game to me was more about Matthew Stafford just being just being absolutely awesome. Before we get to Jermichael Finley, I want to tell you about Draft. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded Draft this season. You can play in a real live snake draft where you're done in under five minutes and they last for just one week. Did you draft Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or Odell Beckham Jr. and they get hurt and your fantasy team is just screwed? Well, that's what draft is here for. And you play for cash. Your chances of winning are 80% better than the salary cap sites, the daily sites, and all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. When you use the promo code LONFL, That's right, play a real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL and it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that right now they're offering a money back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come and play free right now with the promo code LONFL. Let's get to Jermichael Finley. You can follow him on Twitter at JermichaelF88. He is former Packers tight end, Jermichael Finley. Jermichael, thanks for joining Locked On Packers. No problem, man. Anytime. So this has obviously been a weird season for Green Bay. Um, and, and part of the reason, one of the weirdest stories, was what happened with uh, the guy that they brought in to play a position you used to play in Green Bay. And and that whole Martellus Bennett situation, you had some thoughts on social media. Like As you were watching that play out, what are you, what are you thinking about? Man, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. It's really not the Packers' way of going about things. And I mean, I think they took a a, a stretch and a, a gamble at getting them. Uh, first of all, like Cook, though. So I, I thought the Packers' season started off a little, a little bit unbalanced uh, with the Martell situation as uh, as that situation unfolded. Uh, obviously, uh, it, it didn't work out. And I mean, in the back of my head, I knew it wasn't going to work out just because of the the personality Martellus brings uh, uh, to that locker room. What do you mean by that? Um, he, he's a he's a guy not only outspoken, but I, I would think a guy that's really, uh, in my honest God opinion, really not focused on football 100%, especially with the money you pay the guy. Um, you would want that guy to be 100% all in. Uh, but I think he focused on political and off-the-field things more than um, uh, perfecting his craft and a in the game that he started off with, and that's uh, coming to the NFL. Yeah, you you made a little joke on Twitter about, oh, like I'm going to have to come back and and show you how this position's played. But you also had a lot of experience with Green Bay and their training staff. So what was that experience like for you? Um, I, I, I thought I thought the experience, it was, uh, it, it was good. I mean, I, I have no hard feelings against uh, the medical staff, Green Bay itself, and the organization. Uh, medical staff is first class. I thought McKenzie was, in my opinion, I, I, he never he never pushed me to play at all. Uh, he's more conservative 
uh, if, if anything. Uh, he, he's the guy that's going to hold you back. If you have a spring ankle, he'll hold you back for a month or two. So I, I didn't I didn't believe in that um, situation Marto was going about him pushing him to play. One of the things that I always wonder about, like th- there was that story that there was issues in the Seattle locker room, the defense mad at the offense for not scoring points. Can you remember a time? I mean, there, you played on some teams that where the offenses were much better than the defenses where, you know, right. you and you and the offensive guys are like, man, can we get some help around here? Like, can they win us a game once? Right. And uh, we, I went through that situation multiple years um, in Green Bay as a, when I play for them guys, but you know, I mean, you, you go through that that process, and you know, I mean, some some years the offense is off, some years the defense is off, and I, and I think right now, uh, guys have just got to start calling guys out, and start telling guys to play better, and you know, I mean, being a better leader. So uh, now, now I really don't know what what side of the ball is playing well for Green Bay right now. To you the honest guy truth, uh, but I, I think these guys. Uh, I think these guys are are defeated, man, and uh, I hate to see it uh, because I do have, uh, you know, I mean, I still have a little pride in, in, in Green Bay. So other than that, I, I hate to see it for them guys. I talked to uh, I talked to Greg Jennings a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned that one of the things McCarthy used to do is he would come in the meeting room and say, "Okay, guys, you know, I can I can come in and and I can say this is the plan and this is what I want to do, but." What do you guys want to do? What do you want to run? Do you do you remember that? And and do you, can you think of a time when maybe like you or one of the other guys said, "Hey, I think we should do this," and it worked? Um, yeah, he he did do that a couple of times uh, in my career, um, but but I was I, I really didn't get into all of that. Um, I was one of them guys that you know, I mean, if you play well, the the, the playbook could come out um, come out the way you want it, and you get more shots and uh, things like that. So. I was the guy, the quiet guy, the collective guy, um, especially in the in, a, in the uh, in the game in the game situations. As far as like getting prepared for the games in the classroom, I really didn't really didn't chime in too much. But I, I was that guy. Once we hit the grass, it's all it's all about playing football and doing the things I love. Yeah. How much? I mean, there's always if you're if you're a pass catcher there's always this perception that, that you're telling the QB you're open on every play. How much, how much did you go to, to Aaron or, or anyone and say, Hey, look, I'm, this guy can't cover me. Um, not much. Once again, man, I, I, you know, I mean, you do it. You do have some of the receivers that, you know I mean? I, 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 I done it in the course of a game, but I didn't ever do it once we got outside the game, as far as going to the meeting rooms and uh, being like, look, I, I had him right there. Cause the game is over at that point. So uh, during the course of the game, I'd be like, hey, I got him all day. And, and uh, 12 would say, I, I got you next play, big fella. And, uh, and after that, once you uh, you get his confidence, he, I guarantee he's going to look to you over again. So it ain't, uh, you know what I mean? Like I said, we did have a guy, some guys that talked a lot uh, in the meeting rooms. But other than that, it, it wasn't it wasn't my uh, personality. It's, fans would be sort of surprised to hear you say that. I know, and, and you know, they, that there's people that – I was not one of those people, but there were some, you know, fans get on you about being outspoken, whether it was, you know, in the media or whatever. How how did you view, oh, yeah. how did you view sort of that relationship and your your willingness to just sort of say what's on your mind? Uh, that, that was because I, I've been playing this game for a long time, man. Um, you see me outspoken in the media because uh, I mean, speaking, I'm not saying that that's uh, fake or unreal, 
uh, everything that comes out to be, it'd be a fact, it'd be true, it'd be 100. I guarantee you that. And so I guess fans didn't didn't like that um, that that 100ness. I guess they wanted it to be script and have your organization back, which I did all the time. But I'm always gonna tell you what, what's on my mind and how I felt for sure. But never never was one of them guys that. Uh, really got in the, like I said, got in the meeting room and was like, uh, this play is for me, this ball is for me. I never, never was that type of guy. We'll get back to the interview in just a second, but I want to remind you about Locked on Bucks. If you're a Packers fan and you live in Wisconsin, you should be following what's going on in Milltown. Fear the deer is in full effect. Eric Bledsoe injected some life into this team. He can create. Giannis is having an MVP season, and you need to stay up to date on all of the goings-on with Jason Kidd's team. So you need to be locked on Bucks, just like you're locked on Packers. Are you glad that social media wasn't wasn't bigger when you were in college, when you were you know coming up, and that it's really this it's a big deal now because it it seems like. It's, that's a whole other thing that you have to balance as a player, interactions with fans and the media and putting stuff out there. Like It just seems like it's it's a lot to have to juggle. Yeah, man. It, it, I think it's, I think it's, you know what I mean, the social media world now, man, can make or break you, man. And, you know what I mean, at, at this point uh, of, uh, of, I guess, NFL and, and the, the world we live in, the, the so, social media can make you a Hall of Famer now, too. So it's like, right? It, it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? You can get on social media and hype yourself up as much as you want. And, and I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good and bad to it. But like I say, it, it can hype you as far as uh, getting to the Pro Bowl, getting to the Hall of Fame. Or, uh, I, I think it's, it, social media has came a little bit ridiculous over the, over the years. Yeah, ask Joel Embiid. Everyone's ready to put him in the Hall of Fame. He's played like 40 total games. but You, you know what I mean? And, and, and I think it's pathetic. Uh, social media can get you even paid in NFL, and I think it's ridiculous. So it's just, it's just one of those situations where it's going to get even worse uh, as the years go, go by. I'll, uh, one last question, and I'll, uh, I'll, get out of you, uh, I'll get out of here on this. Um, the there were some reports at the end of the last offseason that that you know maybe the coaching staff was not you know super happy with Ted Thompson's reluctance to sign players is as a player were you ever like man I wish we could have got that guy like why don't we ever do anything we need to, we need to add pieces to get better what is that like uh, as a player absolutely. Um, absolutely at the time you know what I mean when when I was uh, because we had a, I mean, we had a, a superpower of offense. Uh, so we, we we are we players as as offensive players. We always looking at the defense like uh, we can use a high profile corner. You know, to you know, I mean, we always we always was like that. You know, what I mean, our offense. I mean, the defense is. I mean, if you're playing terrible, the defense is sometimes like uh, we can we can use a um, we can use a. You know I mean. A, receiver, a high power receiver or something like that. So yeah, of course you're looking upside his head and, and like what what can we do to get better? But once once the season's going, like it's all right, these are our guys and we gotta go win. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Once the season is on the way, um it's all it's all closed doors, it's family and we embrace the people that's in that locker room and we move forward and, and play as a team other than that. 
I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, no problem, man. Hit me up anytime you get ready, man. I'm here. I want to thank Jermichael Finley again for joining the podcast. I just realized his Twitter background is actually a, a picture of him with a leaping grab touchdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers in that 2009 game. So I, I wish I would have asked him about that. I, I'm just looking at his Twitter page. You can follow him on Twitter at JermichaelF88. I thought that was that was interesting. I, I, appreciated, I appreciated his candor. I appreciated him... Um, being as honest as um, as he can be and and offering some insight there. He's going to continue to be vocal on Twitter, and I, I, I hope that he is because uh, he's not going to sugarcoat it. He is not going to whitewash what he thinks. He is going to give it to you, and uh, he is gonna, he's going to be honest about it. That is it for today. There will be no show tomorrow for Thanksgiving. We are going to have that show with John Ledyard from FanRag Sports. He also does the NFL Draft Podcast for Locked On, uh, the Locked On Podcast Network. So check that out, Locked On NFL Draft. And we decided I'm going to be on that show later in the year when when it's draft time. So I'll I'll make sure to let you know about that. And we're going to have plenty of draft talk on this show. Hopefully, that is not something we have to worry about anytime soon because the Packers will still be in position to, to make a run at the playoffs, maybe, hopefully. We'll see. But we'll get to that show on Friday. Have an outstanding Thanksgiving. You don't have to talk about the Packers. I understand. It's hard. It's tough right now. And against the team that that is almost definitely much better than them, it's tough. So enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your stuffing, your pumpkin pie, your apple pie, your pecan pie, all of it. And as always, stay locked on Packers. Packers.